Welcome to In The Loop Breakaway, a podcast that is inspired by the breakaway roping lifestyle. I'm your host, Jordan Joe Fabrizio, a full-time cowgirl, entrepreneur, and breakaway roper at heart. My goal is to promote the sport of breakaway roping, along with celebrating and highlighting elite competitors in and out of the arena. This podcast highlights the raw, real, and the truth behind the box of the breakaway roping industry, bringing you behind-the-scenes stories of what real life looks like every day, from breakaway ropers, cowboys, producers, leaders of the sport, trailblazers, and all of the like, all sharing stories of what the Western culture and lifestyle they live every day looks like. Join me to talk about breakaway roping, the history, the present, and the future of our sport. If you want to be in the loop, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Take a listen. So today we are here with the current WCRA Fort Worth Cowtown champion, Tacey Webb. Tacey, thanks for coming to the show. Thanks for having me, Jordan. So you just basically came off a huge win. Um, You roped all the way up to the progressive rounds at the WCRA event in Fort Worth this past weekend. Tell me a little bit about that event and how much you ended up winning. You know, that event was super cool. Um, You know, I'd kind of been nominating a long, but not a whole lot, but I definitely knew I needed to go since I won Salt Lake. And um, it it was a very cool experience. I I went into it with an open mind because I know that the WCRA promotes the Triple Crown, and I know that's an amazing opportunity. But when I looked at it from my point of view and realistically, I'm like, that is so hard to do especially I feel like in the breakaway is probably one of the hardest events to do it in because there's so many girls that rope good and there's so many of us that enter. Um, so I tried to be open-minded about it, but I still wanted to go at it and, you know, have a shot. And I just think that my, my plans align with God's plan and everything went great. I ended up winning around a little over 14,000. And so we were just tickled, tickled peach headed home. Well, aim into that. I think that's so cool that, that you said that and, and congratulations on the huge win and talk Thank to me a little you. bit about Salt Lake. So they also have one of the biggest, um, I guess it's nomination segments at Salt Lake city this summer days of 47, they give gold medals away, which is so cool. I'm sure to have in your, in your closet of accolades, but tell me a little bit, you had, you won that event there. Um, you're, you do a lot of the Debbie series. So how do you go about the nominating process? Like what events do you nominate? Don't you nominate? Like, how do you look at that? You know, I, I wouldn't, I would be lying to you if I said I didn't wing it a little bit, but I kind of do. I kind of pick and choose where I think my best odds are. Um, you know, if I feel like I have a good chance at a good rodeo and a good calf, then I'll nominate. If I, if I don't think that the chances are good, I don't nominate. Um, I tried to, look at my preparedness if I've gotten to practice a lot that week and then if I'm going to rope in where maybe I have more chances as far as like getting points and rounds and averages and um, just kind of how I've been roping and that's kind of how I nominate I try not to nominate a lot like when I went to the deal in Salt Lake I barely nominated I just barely squeaked in there I I really had just nominated at a couple of good places that got me enough points to to get in and I was real fortunate to get in but I can't say that I'm really good at putting my pocketbook out there to nominate a lot so I try to keep it to minimum and just pick the best places where I have the best odds 
Well, I know something that, you know, they never really promoted growing up was that you had to pay your own fees. Like it didn't include that in the manual. <laughs> I know. So it is a little bit different when, when you're paying fees and then nominating, but definitely, you know, I think there's great opportunities and chances and for you and, and lots of other girls, it's paid off and it's worth the, worth the, worth the shot. So yeah, um, for sure. So triple crown. Tell me, tell me about that. Like, I know you have to win all three, but what, what, what does it entail? Is it split up among the events? Kind of like the American, like, how does that all work? Well, you have to win from my understanding the three, you know, three major events and the women's deal is not included. So the, the women's championship that we had in Vegas was not included. And so, yeah, you have to win three consecutive. So whenever they told me that I, pushed my eye surgery back because I was like I should probably try to get to Cowtown and so I did and then the next consecutive one will be in Corpus and so you have to win you know those three majors in a row um and so and like I said I look at it realistically I feel like that's nearly impossible to do but I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try to get into Corpus and hopefully do the same thing well I'm rooting for you so if you win the million (laughs) what's the first thing you're gonna do are you going to Disney World? Uh, uh, oh my gosh, it's actually a good idea. We were just talking about that today. <laughs> I would love to go to Disney World. Um, probably not the first thing I'd do though. Um, if I was to guess, the first thing I would do would be call a good friend of ours and ask him how I should invest my money <laughs> so that it doesn't just disappear. Well, I know that's really easy to happen when we do what we do and, and oh, we yeah. are collectors too. So. <laughs> yes, for sure. So you said you, you rescheduled your eye surgery. So I know for those of you who don't know, you had an accident about a year ago roping. So walk us through that. What happened and, and a little bit about your process and, and your eye surgery that you have scheduled coming up. Yeah. So last October I was getting ready to go to the rope and fiesta. Um, and you know, with COVID the year before, you know, going on with that year and the year kind of started the year before, we really hadn't been going to that many rodeos and I hadn't put a lot of runs on my horse and he's kind of the type of horse that gets better the more you use him. And so when he's sitting around and he's fresh, he's not as good. And so I was trying to tune him up in that for that big outdoor and I was not roping some bigger calves and I had a, uh, I had a knot rope break and it came back and hit me across the face so bad. I had to take a nice little ambulance ride to my own hospital where I work, which wasn't super fun to have to go. But um, and so they ended up taking me downtown Houston that day. And um, I had to actually wait almost a month or two before I could even have surgery because the trauma to my eye was so bad that all the blood and everything in my eye had to completely settle before we could even even go in and do surgery. And so it was a very life-changing experience um, because going from having 20-20 with no glasses or contacts and never having an issue with my vision to all of a sudden I can't see out of one eye was so scary to me. And then, you know, after having surgery, going through so many different processes, like going back and forth to Houston so many times, trying to figure out things to make my vision better, um, it, it's been a real challenge. I will, I will never forget the first time I tried to rope again. I roped the dummy before and I was about to go ro- and I got on my horse to rope and I missed the first two like so bad. And my dad just looked at me and he was like, 
um, you wrote the dummy first, right? And I was like, yes, be quiet. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really thankful that it's gotten a lot better since then, but it's definitely something I've had to completely adjust to. And especially with my job. And so I'm, I'm hoping that this next go around, we can get it a little better. Yeah. I mean, that's life changing all the way around. So which eye is it? It's my left eye. So you can see out of your right eye. Yes. And I honestly think that that was a blessing because my right eye, I, I feel like if it would have happened to my right eye, roping would have been even challenge, like more, more of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm sitting here shutting my left eye right now thinking of how that would be Um, life-changing for sure. And not just, I guess, you know, like you said, you take, you take it for granted um, the things that you, that you do have and and you're not aware, but how cool that you overcame all of that and then came back and roped. I mean, there's no telling how good you're going to rope with two eyes, let alone just one. I mean, but uh, people tell me and I'm like, (laughs) I don't know, maybe I should get stick with it. Um, so, so going through that process, like, did you lose your balance or, or anything like that? Did that affect any of that or just the, your vision? Um, really just my vision and, you know, depth perception is hard. And that was a big change, like changing, you know, depth perception. And one of the things that happened with my eye is whenever they went in and fixed it or tried to fix it, some of the pigmentation in the blue part of my eye was lost. And so, light and glare it's so sensitive and so even just walking up and trying to recognize people I have to get really close now and that's hard for me because I usually I'm I'm not scared to talk to anybody and so not being able to recognize people I'm like please don't think I'm rude it's just I can't see you so if we see you getting really close to people we should not be afraid because you literally can't see them (laughs) I just literally can't see you I'm trying to focus oh man Gosh, girl, that's crazy. Yeah. So talk to me. You said you were going to your own hospital. So for those of you who are not in in in, in the loop, Tacey is an ICU nurse and she just got that schooling done. Was it about a year ago? And now you're still doing more school. Walk me through that and and what your title is and, and where you're headed with it. Yeah. So I let's see, I graduated high school in 16. Um, and then I graduated nursing school in December of 19 and I've been a nurse for almost two years now. I started my new job January of 2020 and, um, I I love my job. I love what I do. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a blessing getting to see the things that I see. And it's also very, um, very humbling too, because you, you, I see so many sad things and so many good things at the same time. And I just, I really love what I do. And I'm thankful that that's the path I went down. Um, originally, whenever I had planned to go to school, um, I had CRNA school in mind, which is a certified registered nurse anesthetist, um, because they have pretty good hours and they make, you know, really good money. Um, and I knew that long-term, if I was going to make this you know, one of my, my hobbies, this is not a cheap hobby. And I want to have, I want to have the things I want to have a nice lifestyle and still be able to do this fun stuff on the side. And so in order to do that, I knew that I had to have my ICU experience because to get into that school, you have to be an ICU nurse for two years. And so that was kind of, 
kind of the reasoning behind becoming an ICU nurse, but I'm really glad I did it because I think it's stretched my education the best way possible. But um, that's my goal is to uh, try to get back into school and uh, get that get that next degree. Well, and I just think that's so cool. Like you said, it's so humbling and you see so many good things, but then yet you see so many tragic things as well. Like just keeping that into perspective. I can't imagine, you know, it's kind of like in the rope and pin, no day probably looks the same for you. Um, no, and you don't not. ever really know what's coming. So um, I will just say first and foremost, thank you for what you do because um, you, well, thank you. all of the nurses are definitely appreciated, especially during COVID. So I'm sure you've had so many people run up to you and ask you COVID questions. <laughs> I might've been one of them. Um, <laughs> no, but... <it's> okay. <laughs> so talk, talk a little bit about what that was like. You know, I know it really impacted our our industry and a lot of the rodeos, but you, you got to see it firsthand. So what was that experience like? Oh man. At first, that's all I can say is, oh man, at first it was, it was a train wreck because I was a somewhat new nurse. Whenever it happened, I hadn't been on my own as a nurse very long and then boom, COVID hits and all these people are coming in. And I just remember like everyone that came in was on isolation and cause we had no idea how bad this virus was. All we knew was that we were hearing that people were just dying left and right from it. And so, you know, everyone came in, they were on isolation and then people were just getting so sick and we didn't know how to treat it. And so we're just like gowning up and putting on all this gear. Cause we didn't know how to protect us and you know, our families. Cause we didn't know, we didn't even know how bad it was. And we're just going in there trying to take care of these very sick people who are terrified themselves. Their families can't be with them and they can't come see them. And we're just in there for hours, just trying to take care of them. And you're sweating because you're have, you have so many like protective gowns and all these things on. And, um, it, it was, it was terrible. I'm not going to lie. At first it was terrible. And then you know, we kind of started to get in the hang of it and we started, you know, trying, you know, the antibodies and different kinds of drugs that were, we thought were helping, you know, that research and doctors had like gone through and it was a, it was definitely not for the weak hearted. I'm not going to lie, but we got through it and we've come so far now. And now we, you know, have a lot of ways to treat it and to, you know, help, help people get over it faster and prevent it. And so, it is nice finally, you know, like a year and a half later, seeing it go full circle, but it wasn't easy. No, that sounds gruesome. And, you know, I, I like smile just to think it's really cool that you have the mentality you have as, as a roper, because I would dare to say that we have to have ice running through our veins. You have to be mentally strong to be able to compete and then to win. And so for you to have that as you went through and, and experienced that trauma through COVID, like I, I would just hesitate to say, you know, you brought some of your mentality you have from the rope and pin into that the trauma room and, and executed and kicked butt and took names. Well, thanks, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I do definitely feel like being a rodeo person helped because for one, we're usually really tough. And two a lot of stuff doesn't always surprise us because we've been around cattle and animals and stuff usually. And so it, yeah, like you said, a lot of the trauma and stuff, I felt like I was somewhat equipped and prepared for mentally anyways, but, um, I don't think anyone could ever be, you know, fully ready for what we went through. But, um, I definitely think that being a cowgirl 
especially as far as the grit and the toughness helped. Um, so yeah, for sure. Most definitely. And so you are a cowgirl. Where are your roots from? Talk a little bit about your family. And uh, I know your dad made the finals and is a huge part. He's always there. Mr. Dan Webb, he's always there roping with you and helping you if you can. So talk a little bit about your family. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I have an older brother and my mom always tells me because people always ask me why my brother didn't rodeo. And my mom said it's because I took his pony when we were little. And I I don't know if that's true or not, but that was just me. I always wanted to be on a horse. It didn't matter if I had to take your pony or not. I was going to ride. And with dad, you know, making the finals and stuff, that was something that was huge to me. And, you know, my mom was, you know, she rode barrel horses, but she was Miss Rodeo, Texas. And I knew that that wasn't exactly the way that I wanted to go, but still brought up in the lifestyle from both of my parents. And um, you know, getting to do that with dad was always so much fun, you know, getting to ride and train horses together. I mean, that was kind of icing on the cake, but then getting a win together, it, it, it made it really fun. And people, people ask him all the time. They're like, why don't you rope anymore? And he's like, well, I like to get to go with her. And so getting to do it as a family and growing up in it and, you know, having my family love what I get to do just as much as I do, it, it, it made it so much fun. Well, so is this like a different side of Tacey than everybody sees the nice, sweet Tacey? Like, is there a mean Tacey that steals horses from people? <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> Do we need think, to know more? I, I don't think so. I think I outgrew that. I think it was just little girl Tacey. <laughs> I hope so. Let's talk about your horses. You have a great string of horses right now. Um, both of them I heard you're giving to me. So that's great. Thank you for the oh, Christmas yeah, present. Um, talk about <laughs> your horses. Rose. You've got two really, really cool horses that you've got in your, in your string. So tell me about them. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm so blessed. When I think about my horses, I'm just like, Oh, I just need to go like give them a hug or something. Um, I, I had, I, I was very fortunate when I first started roping in junior high, I had a very sweet family give me a horse that their kids had won like 40 saddles on. And so I got to learn on him. And then it wasn't long after that, that I, um, I got to buy Hondo. I, I think I was like a freshman in high school when I, we bought him, he was three years old. He could not lope left from right. He was so dumb, like not mentally dumb, but he didn't know anything. And so dad and I trained him and, um, we, I rode another horse that we trained, uh, while I was, you know, bringing him up and he's honestly been a blessing. He took to it fast. Um, I wouldn't say he was a good solid horse till he was about seven. So I was almost out of high school and, um, he's been such a blessing to me. He's tough as nails and just so easy to be around such a good rodeo horse. And the fact that me and dad trained him, it makes it more special for me and him when we do win on him, because we know how many hours and just how long we spent trying to teach that knucklehead how to be a rope horse. And then um, this year, I was lucky enough that I had, um, I have a seven-year-old that we trained and he is honestly doing so good and I should take him. I take him for granted too, but I one of my friends had a tie down horse and I knew that he had him. And I was like, what are you doing with this horse? And so I, um, I originally had thought about it for Zach. And so I had texted him and he was like, you know, I just have him turned out on a round bell. And so I went and got him and 
ended up loving him and I couldn't really justify to myself that I needed him since I had my seven-year-old two, you know, to take with Hondo. And, but the more I wrote him, I was like, this is just dumb. Like, I can't just, I can't just let him go. And so, yeah, I ended up buying him and, um, I bought him. He was, you know, my big girl purchase as a new nurse. And, um, I, um, he's, he's been just, just as much of a blessing as Hondo too, because he gives him a break and he's so easy and simple and does his job too. So I'm, I'm very blessed with the horses I have right now. I I'm in a pretty good spot and I just remember growing up and, um, learning to rope. I really only had one horse and I just remember thinking, gosh, this is kind of tough. And so now I'm like, man, I really know how to appreciate and be blessed with some good horses. Well, and that is a really big blessing too. And when you can back in the box and you have confidence on anything you're riding, that just, I mean, that sets you apart and then you don't have to worry about anything. You just back in the box and you go do your job. And so that is a huge bonus on any roper. I think you talk to them and and they're like, it's the horse. So um, having good horses in your toolkit is, is huge and a big part of breakaway roping. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and knowing my horses that I've trained, it's so easy to ride them because I literally know when they're going to mess up before they mess up. And so that's a nice part too. (laughs) Yeah. And it's pretty neat that you and your dad have trained those two horses. And then, you know, you have this other one as well, but that is a huge feat within itself to have that much time and patience and, and especially you and your dad out there hashing it out. Like that's got to be something fairly special to both of you. It is special. You know, some days we're we're not always the nicest to each other when we're getting it done, but you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, we have fun and we enjoy it together. So that's what counts. Well, good. So where do you go from here? What's, what's your 2022 look like? So from here, I'm going to have this eye surgery. It's actually tomorrow. And, um, we're going to see how my vision, you know, comes out and how that does. And then I'm just going to, try to try to go to some some good rodeos this spring and try to get into the American and uh you know try to kind of focus on Corpus too and like triple crown and see if I got it in me to be a contender for that but we'll see so that's that's kind of my plan as far as the rodeos um I don't really have a set in stone plan you know last year I really just wanted to go to the top-notch best rodeos and if I get to him, I get to him. If not, you know, I didn't have the NFR in my goals. I just kind of wanted to go to the the good rodeos, the cool rodeos. I heard, you know, dad talk about forever. And, um, that was kind of my goal. And so this year, I don't know if that, if that'll be my same goal. I'm going to kind of cross that bridge when I get there, I guess. Well, I think that's a good thing. And that's one thing we learned too, is there's not really, or you can make plans. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Change. <laughs> I mean, exactly. there is yeah. no set in stone plans. I would advise you to get a planner and a pencil with a big eraser because yes, there is eraser. no plans. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. well, Tacey, I'm praying that, that you get you know, restored vision and goes well and you come back stronger and excited to see what 2022 brings. Well, thanks, Jordan. And I appreciate you so much for having me. It means a lot. Yeah, for sure. We, we're very proud of you and great job. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on In The Loop Breakaway Roping Podcast. We appreciate your loyal support to our podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review, share with a friend. And if you have any questions, email me, jordan at com.
Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you down the road.